like I'm I'm facing the mic and I'm eyeballing sideways like that. <laughs> it's a good look for you. You think so? Yep. All right. Hey, beautiful people, live from SpinWeb here in Indianapolis, Indiana. This is Spin Radio, your inbound marketing and sales radio show. I'm Michael Reynolds. And I'm Abby Stern. And we're your host today. Happy to have you with us today. So, Abby, what's up in your world? How are you doing? I am doing swell. A little sleep deprived today, you said? Uh, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Just yep. a little bit. My four-year-old decided to wake up three times <laughs> last night, so I feel like I had an infant. Awesome. It's ridiculous. Well, I've got a scratchy voice because I've got a leftover cough from being uh, not feeling well last weekend. So yeah. we're both just on in rare form today, aren't we? So, uh, it, it could be an interesting could be. radio. So thanks, everyone, for being here. Uh, we love our live listeners and our podcast listeners. So whoever you are, we love you both. Um, you can join us on Twitter at uh, the hashtag Spin Radio, Amy Metherill. Uh, the lovely Amy is tweeting out show notes for us, as always. So if you hear an article you like or something that we've talked about that you'd like to read more about, um, Amy will be tweeting those links out, and you can find them uh, on the hashtag Spin Radio. And you can also follow us, or I don't want to say follow us, but you can also communicate with us via us. email at radio at spinweb.net. Send us your questions, comments, concerns, complaints, ideas for lunch. We'll take care of monitoring it during, during the show. I should say I'll take care of monitoring it during the show. Oh, I've got windows open. I'm monitoring. There you go. And I've got my email open today. If you send us a question, we'll take, like we said, we'll take care of answering it today. And if not, we'll get to it next episode. Indeed. So uh, now you've got me thinking about lunch. Sorry. So what's good for lunch? We were thinking Mackenzie. Mackenzie? Oh, it's actually been a while since I've been to Mackenzie. Uh, that's what Jason said. I do Mackenzie. I could do Mackenzie. All right. Salad let's and do pizza. It. Salad and pizza. <laughs> cheese, there you go. Salad. Although I did have pizza last night for dinner. So. Ooh, so you'll stick to I salad? I will probably go with just salad and the goat cheese queso. That's a winner. Because the goat cheese queso by itself is like, it's enough. Yeah, by the way. That's all you any, really need. Any of our listeners who are here in the Indianapolis area... And if you're on the north side, if you have not gone to, is it called officially like Mackenzie River? Mackenzie River, yeah. Yeah. Um, and ordered their goat cheese queso, then you need to get out more. It's pretty amazing. It's actually really good. <laughs> so, on that note. So, weekly roundup for today. What have we got? We've got a, a few bunch things. Of stuff, yeah. We've got a few things. Mm-hmm. So, I will, uh, I'll start us off here. So, this one is just more of a simple announcement. Google Play now has officially opened their podcast section. Oh. So we at Spin Radio are listed on Google Play. So there for you, you Android people out there, um, I guess you have phones that don't work as well as iPhones. And I don't, I don't know. even know what that is. <laughs> what is I, that? I know some of you uh, use Androids out there and you, for some reason you like them better. Um, if that's you, you are in luck because now Google Play uh, has podcasts. So we're listed Ta-da. on the Google Play store. Uh, or section, rather, and you can get all the podcasts you want on Google Play. Um, however, there's an article that I, I referenced, the article from Engadget, and the author said Google Play Music's podcasts are convenient but lack features. So apparently uh, the author, which is Billy Steele, uh, he is at WM Steele with an E at the end on Twitter, and... Okay. I'll scroll to the bottom because that's where he kind of put his gripes. He didn't have too many gripes, but he said uh, one of his gripes is that you cannot make custom playlists, 
And he said there's also a number of popular shows are not listed on Google Play. Oh. Um, but that's not really the app's fault. It's the shows not, I mean, I guess maybe they didn't apply. I don't right. know. <laughs> or they just didn't want to be on So really that. the main thing is custom playlists. So if that's okay. a big deal, then okay. But, then great. But I mean, it's not a big deal to you, I'm guessing. The screenshots, well, the screenshots make it look pretty slick. It looks like a nice, normal, you know, podcasting listening system. So yeah. check it out. It's probably going to become the default for Android people. So Which is okay. there you go. Hey, there you go. There you go. Welcome to 2016, Android folks. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I have family members who are Android lovers. i got to well, be careful. bless their hearts. So... Right. Next on my list is always place. something from Facebook. I've got two things from Facebook today. You do, which is pretty good because normally there's like six. Yeah. <laughs> which is okay. So uh, so have you heard about Facebook Live? Have you seen people doing Facebook Live yes. videos? Yes. So Facebook, <laughs> yeah, some of it is, <laughs> yeah. Can't so, even. So Facebook Live is a feature that allows you to publish and broadcast uh, live video on Facebook. You basically mm-hmm. hold your phone uh, or any device that works with Facebook Live up to yourself or whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. and you can broadcast, and people that follow you can see your live videos. You can have a live, not really a conversation, but a live broadcast to your followers, and they can then uh, post comments and questions and have a little conversation with you. So uh, most people that I've seen are using this just kind of casually for just like, you know, rants or just kind of like saying little blurbs. Um, it, has, it has some use for business though as well, because if you want to share expertise and sort of, you know, do a live micro video blog, um, it's actually a really nice way to do it on Facebook. And Facebook is, um, you know, obviously a great platform because there's a ton of people there. You can build a following. Right. So there's a few features that have come out recently uh, for marketers specifically. And this is reported by Social Media Examiner. And number one is you can post live video to your profile and pages and groups and event pages. So if you have an event going on on Facebook, you can live broadcast uh, the event. Uh, you can live broadcast into groups and on your business page as well. Previously, I believe it was just to profiles, but you can now do live uh, streaming through all the different uh, channels on Facebook. So that's really? useful. Huh. That is very useful. Hmm. And then a couple other features here that are new. Uh, you can add filters now to your live broadcast. I think Allison will love this. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what filters exactly, but you can do things like Instagram style filters and you can write text oh. over the video itself. So you can put captions and things on it. Could oh. be useful. Oh. Oh. Wait a second. I'm like, is your mind blown? I'm finding, yeah, like. <laughs> Abby's on. mind is blown. Yep. I'm filtering right now. Okay. Are you going live? Are you going to broadcast live right I don't now? Know. Go for it. No. Bro- broadcast this live. Mm-mm. What the heck? I didn't. Mm-mm. Just not going to happen. I'm wearing a sweatshirt today. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Whoa. a Brigham Young University sweatshirt. It is. <laughs> it's Cougars. not just any sweatshirt. Go um, three, get additional live video insights as a page owner. So they're actually integrating live video insights into your general Facebook page insights, which tells me that they're taking it seriously as a marketing tool. So that's nice. And what's funny is I'm scrolling through the article and every like um, – so far, I've seen like three images of cats. <laughs> so apparently, live streaming cats is very, I mean, <laughs> very popular for people. It's what it is. Yeah, and then uh, we already talked about this. Number four, you can uh, engage using comments and reactions to live video streaming, which makes sense. I mean, which makes have, sense. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, discover live video uh, by and geographically by using the live map feature, and you can find people broadcasting in specific locations as well. So, oh. those are five new features of Facebook Live Video. Face place. So, how will you use live video in your business? That's a rhetorical question. Well, or not? A, you could you could send us <laughs> you, could. you could send us an email you or could. a tweet or a Skype telling us how you would you use could indeed, live video. Yes. 
I was um, just talking to Most of the people that I follow on Facebook are using live video to broadcast their morning runs <laughs> yeah. or, their, or their fitness, like, inspirational monologues. Their so. morning runs or Which their workout with their toddler. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or their cat. Maybe once I start working out again, I'll do that. <laughs> Probably not. Um, next on my list, this is from eConsultancy. Oh. Um, there's some data here, and it's a report showing that digital marketing budgets are growing, which is a good thing. We like to see that. However, in parentheses, mm-hmm. but are marketers battle weary? Yeah, no good. <laughs> yes. The, the answer is the question there. The answer, if you're asking me, yes. <clears throat> well, this is interesting because Poor marketers. Yeah, while while I'm happy to see that digital marketing budgets are growing, which is going in the right direction. I mean, we we want to see that. So it's it's proving that the enterprise is taking uh, digital marketing more seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're also seeing is that. Um, the gist of it from what I'm seeing here in the data is that marketers are feeling uh, like they're losing more and more battles with the boardroom, so to speak, uh, with yeah. the company leadership when it comes to getting permission and assistance to do the things they want to do, to do innovative things, to try new campaigns, to really have a seat at the table when it comes to marketing department being part of the the bigger strategy of the company, which is disheartening because we face this a lot. We work with clients who are marketing directors, CMOs, uh, marketing professionals in their company, and they've been tasked to help the company grow, um, but they're not given the tools or the permission or the support they need to do it well because company leadership doesn't take marketing seriously. So um, that's a bummer, obviously, and we hope to continue to to fight that trend, but it is nice to see the digital marketing budgets are at least growing. So that's... uh, that's proving that uh, people are at least. But this brings up a good point, too. If marketers are really, truly getting weary, <clears throat> then it's um, maybe agencies like us, similar to us and in our world, it's our responsibility to continue to help marketers feel excited about what it is they're fighting for, right? And help them feel excited about the changes that they could possibly make to their business and to their team with the fights that they're really kind of coming up against, right? Which is the non-belief mm-hmm. in digital marketing or the um, non-importance of marketing in general for a business. Oh, we've done it for 90 years, just mouth to mouth, you know, word of mouth, whatever, Um and I, I can I can understand that marketers are like we've just been beating beating our heads against the wall for years and years and years now, and it's exhausting. So it's agencies like us's responsibility to keep things interesting and um, exciting, and also to produce tools and material that are going to help keep their jobs exciting and interesting. So challenge I'm accepted. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm so tired of marketing just not getting the support they need like i'm just so yeah. tired of it yeah no you should I <laughs> i'm mean, just it is. so tired mm-hmm. of and i'm a business owner so you know i you know i can i'm in this crowd You're the CEO, so yeah. i'm so tired of business owners and ceos and company leaders not taking marketing seriously and not giving their marketing teams and their marketing people the support they deserve and the budgets they deserve and the permission and the assistance they deserve to do their jobs well i'm just so tired of it yep. <laughs> now there are exceptions there are and maybe it's not an exception. Maybe I'm going overboard. But there are lots of great organizations that we work with that are taking their marketing team seriously. Right. And I love, love, love seeing that. Unfortunately, there are all too many organizations that don't. Mm-hmm. And it just it just bugs me. I'm just tired of it. <laughs> so that's my I, rant for today. There you go. Rant it <laughs> yeah. out. So, I mean, it's... So I better move on before I get too soapboxy here. So the yeah. next thing I'm going to move on is more of a, a lesson learned reminder. Uh-oh. So this is uh, a lot of sites reported this, but uh, Neiman Lab is the one I'm um, referencing here. And apparently, Facebook pulled. First of all, have you heard of the Shade Room? I haven't either. The point is not, and the point is not the Shade Room specifically, but the Shade Room apparently is some mega popular celebrity news site. 
that uh, um, that's why I haven't heard of it. Yeah, so apparently it's it's not in my world. (laughs) But here's the point: Facebook um, pulled down their Facebook page. Uh, for alleged copyright violations, Uh-oh. but it's very murky and gray, and, and they're reporting that no one's really sure exactly the specifics of it or how legit it is, but Facebook just decided to pull the page down, and this was a huge part of their business. They were a massive following, huge community, but anyway, we've seen this before, and this is always, every time I see this, I like to bring it up as a reminder that you should not be putting all your eggs in the basket of a property you do not control. Facebook is someone else's business. It's not your business. Um, Twitter, LinkedIn. Someone else's business. Yeah, it's all someone else's platform. Mm -hmm. You can use it very effectively for growth and for amplification and for marketing, and I love these platforms. Mm -hmm. But if you are neglecting your own website in favor of putting all your eggs into Facebook, this can happen at the drop of a hat. They can Mm -hmm. just shut you down for no reason. And all the more reason we always like to make sure you put most of your effort and attention into your home base, which is your own property on the web, which is your website, your own content, your own platform that you own. Mm -hmm. And otherwise you may be in a world of hurt when stuff like this happens and you have no recourse because have you tried calling Facebook? Mm, No. (laughs) Good luck with that. Right. So the reporting, the page is actually back up after, I think it's been like a week or two, but um, you know, they, they really took a hit. So that is it. lesson learned again. Whoopsie poopsie. Oh, well. That's what I got. All right. I've got a couple things. Uh, This one comes from the LinkedIn Pulse. This was written by, oh, gosh. His name is, I'm going to say it wrong. You always get these interesting names. I know. Anurag Harsh. And he is, um, he's a Forbes and HuffPost columnist. So he's got a lot of people. He, He went to the MIT Sloan School of Management. So, Pretty legit guy, but he t- um, wrote an article called, I guess. I mean, Pretty right? legit guy. Must yeah. be legit. Yeah, if he goes to MIT, I'm just kidding. If you go to call, well, anyways, <laughs> I'm going to not even go there. Okay, so the uh, he wrote this article called The Digital Revolution, Invest in People, Not Just Business. And I found this to be extremely interesting, especially at this time where, I don't know about you, Michael, but I have been feeling lately like... I am young. I'm young. You're young. But I feel like I'm not keeping up with the speed in which the digital revolution, per se, is. You think? I just, I don't, it's just, it could just be my anxiety, right? You're on Snapchat. Apparently, Snapchat is the cool thing in digital now. Like, even HubSpot's writing Snapchat articles. And oh, that's cool. Well, <laughs> so then you're I on am Snapchat. Cool. So, so there I'm you on go. Snapchat. So, but I'll just say it. I don't really like Snapchat. Okay. I think it's worthless. Well, <laughs> Michael's on some rants today. I get no value from Snapchat. But, what? But again, if you're a consumer brand, yes, Snapchat, awesome. But we don't really work with a lot of consumer we're brands, consumer and we're brand. not a consumer brand. No, so Snapchat is not relevant to me. That's not what we use it for. We use it so right. we send you funny pictures that of our kids. That is true. That is true. Yeah. So anyway, so... He talks about how everybody in this, this age of digital revolution is like hyper special, hyper specializing, right? They want to get into a very, very, very tight niched special specialization within their market, within their industry. And what happens is this is what he said. He said companies, countries, and people all, all, and all order of institution have resorted to hyper specialization in special sectors to take their claim to success in the digital revolution. And countries in particular aim to dominate circumscribed markets, much in the way that countries would exploit <coughs> their natural resources to dominate certain links in the global supply chain. So what he's saying is that it's it's becoming it's not specialization is not necessarily the end all be all. You have to make sure that while you're 
putting um, weight to what it is that you're doing and your business pieces and the business um, tools that you're using to continue to grow, you have to take a step back. And also pay attention to the people and investing in the people that you're using to grow your business and the people that you're using to be on your team and the people that are joining you and becoming part of your world. Um, so it's, it was just an interesting article that explains that at the end of the day, while we have all of these technology pieces out there and ready for us to use, we've got to make sure and understand that we pay close attention to the people that are working for us, with us, um, and our clients and partnering that in that direction. Because again, we can forget that at the end of the day, all these tools are there to help people help other people. So can you do both? Can you specialize and take care of, I guess I'm wondering, I'm curious what, what about specialization? Like, does he mean specialization like in a market or industry? Industry, market. He's not saying to get rid of specialization. He is saying just that. Try to do both. Don't forget the other. Don't get so... Like, so what about specialization precludes you from taking care of your people as well? Um, I guess I'm wondering kind of is there, is there a conflict? I'm, well, so I'm he not says invest in people, conflict. not just business. So he stated that, um, let's see. So for instance... Oh, Gosh, hold on. Let me look at the paragraph. Maybe it's because specialization gets you so focused on the business aspect of things that you leave the people behind because you're... You're staying connected. Yeah. And he's... Okay, so he offered Germany as a example. So Germany um, may offer a useful model for everyone. So he says, it's one of the world's most connected countries, ranking fourth in the global index. And it's managed to avoid widespread unemployment, even at the height of global recession, by providing income support, paying companies to retain workers, and taking proactive approach to labor market reforms and reemployment services, instead of just, oh, well, so too bad, so sad, like we're only going to invest in these tools and not continue to help people. And it, does that make sense? I don't know. Kind of. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I'm trying to relate it to a company. So I guess in, in a scenario, like we have talked about specialization and we're actually working on some strategies mm-hmm. in that direction. And one of the things I've seen is when companies specialize, they sometimes lose or they feel they lose a little bit of creativity because they're so focused on one specific market mm-hmm. that they kind of have blinders on to the rest of the industry. And so when that happens, a lot of times people in the company can start to feel bored or feel unchallenged mm-hmm. because they do the same thing all mm-hmm. the time. And, and actually, oh, sorry. I was going to say, and that can be disheartening mm-hmm. to more creative workers and creative mm-hmm. people. And that's a challenge that, you know, I've been thinking about for the past year as we've mm-hmm. worked on this and how do we balance that between making sure people feel challenged, especially millennials love to feel challenged, right? Mm-hmm. They love to have... They'll feel like they're part of something bigger and making a difference in the world. Right. And can you do that while just, I, w- I want to say, it's probably not the right word to say it, but kind of turning your business model into a factory model where you're just churning the same stuff over and over to a single market because you become so good at that. I mean, do you lose some creativity and some soul by doing that? I guess yeah, is what I'm wondering. well, and he finishes the article. I don't know. Maybe talking, you do, maybe you don't. Right. He's addressing <clears throat> the fact that, too, while there is, is such a widespread... Um, digital economy out there, I guess, is the best way to put it. But there's not a whole, there's, we we can't forget that there's tons and tons of people that we need to teach how to use these tools and these 
I, I guess these um, processes is the word mm-hmm. I'm looking for. And to not forget, like one isn't without the other. Does that make sense? Or one can't survive without the other. So we need people. That's an interesting topic. We should expand on this maybe yeah. down the road. Yeah, we should. We need people to be able to work these businesses. <laughs> we need people. Yeah. We need you. We need you. We need you. Uh-oh. I feel a poster in our future. I'm reading this next one you've got on your list, and I'm, I like it so far. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> We've all been there. Um, oh, hang on. Let me. I totally just closed it. Oh, yep. Okay. And it's um, from? From Roll, the HubSpot blog. HubSpot blog, <laughs> which I feel like I have contained myself from you have actually. putting I'm proud a whole of you. lot yeah. of HubSpot blog stuff. I'm trying to search other places as well, even though HubSpot does provide a lot of useful information. So this came from Asia Frost. You can find at A-J-A-V-U-U on the tweets. Um, this is six signs you should walk away from a prospect. And this is kind of uh, good to talk about before we get into our deep dive because we have all been there in the sales world. And sometimes it's really hard to walk away because you, you let's be honest, you want the dollars, you want the business, you feel like you could really help these people or whatever it is. Um, but there are times where you just need to turn around, turn around and walk away. And the first sign is like the prospect can't answer three simple three questions like what does success look like to you? Who else will be involved in the decision? When do you need to have this project done by? If people can't say with a surety the answers to these questions or at least somewhat have an idea and all they say is, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of researching. Maybe not. It could not be necessarily a no right then and there, but it could be a not right now. And you need to explain that to them. You need to be the sales professional that says, okay, it looks like you are just not ready to move forward the way that it would require you to move forward with any type of, you know, agency business or whatever that you're looking for. What you need to do is take a step back and get these three questions answered and then start interviewing partners to work with or whatever. And give them give them that feedback. Be honest with them. Number two, they really don't have a budget. If they really don't have a budget, please don't try to make it happen or um, what's, what's the word you used yesterday? Um, devalue the product that you're offering right. simply to get the business. Don't do that. Um, number three, competing with three other vendors. This one is a big one for me. I try really hard to just kind of ask when people are like, so just so you know, we're doing our due diligence. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. What's your due diligence entail? And are we just now one of like five people that you're talking to? Because truly, um, there's not much more I'm going to be able to do if we're in a pool of five people. Now, if it's a, a pool of us and someone else, let's keep chatting. But if you're talking to three other people, then I have a good idea that you've already made up your mind and it's not us. And a lot of times while it sets a, a prospect back just a little bit, they answer very honestly and they're like, wow, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're, you're right. We're basically just looking at you guys because of price comparison, which we've talked about on the past and this show. Um, they go dark, which may not necessarily always be the case. We're going to talk about in a minute. Which we're going to talk about <laughs> in a minute. You're working with a coach, not a champion. So that's um, very much sales speak. So a coach is someone at that business who is like rah, rah, you, but the champion is the person that actually takes it to the next level and you're not working with that person. So um, make sure you have your champion with you at all times or it's not a good fit. If it's really just um, a round peg in a square hole, get, get out. Like don't try to force your products or services on everyone because you will not be a good fit for everyone and everyone will not be a good fit for you. So um, take a look at this. It's a great article. I think that most salespeople have been in one or two or three of or all six of these situations before, and it's worth 
reevaluating some of your prospects. Yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. So continuing on our sales focus theme, mm-hmm. you're going to teach me some stuff today, aren't you? Because you uh, have a good topic, uh, and that topic mm. specifically is, where's the topic? What to do when leads go stale. Yeah, so I, um, it's no secret again that we're, we work with the Win Without Pitching program, and that's, I always say his last name wrong, so Blair. Blair Inns. Blair Inns. Mm-hmm. Okay. I always want to say it so differently. <laughs> How do you want to say it? I don't know. Wait, Eans. let me see it. Is it yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian's, yeah. I don't know. So Blair ends. Um, and there is this weekly focus call that I'm on every Monday morning for like 15 minutes. It's not long at all. It's actually really useful because I can listen to it while I'm um, kind of just gearing up and getting ready to make calls or whatever it is I'm doing. And a couple weeks ago, he talked about this topic. What What happens when leads go stale? We've all... We all probably currently have a pipeline that in the sales world that have leads that just have not moved to the next step, have gone quote unquote dark, have stopped communicating with us, whatever it may be. And Michael, what's normally the first thing salespeople do when that happens? When it goes, it goes dark, yeah. they just keep calling and calling and emailing and, <laughs> hey, where are you? Mm-hmm. What, what happened? Yeah. I'm still here. What yeah. happened? Where are you? Exactly. I just picture this person like on the other side of a football field doing jumping jacks. Like, hey, I'm right here. I'm here. Excuse me. Hello. Through like a big crowd of people. And that's exactly <clears throat> what people tend to do, what salespeople tend to do. I myself am guilty of that. But Blair put it into perspective a couple weeks ago. So he said, take a look at the leads that you have. And you can even go as far back as six months, which is impressive to me because... It's like a lifetime in sales and marketing. Yes. (laughs) That's like forever ago. I don't even... I think the leads that I had in there six months ago are now gone. I've just said, forget it. They're not not coming back, (laughs) which I might now. I mean, I have touched base with a couple of them since this phone um, conversation. But he talked about, actually, instead of calling, there's a simple email, and there's a very specific email format that he would suggest we all try to do in the sales world. So let's let's talk about a, um, for the ones that just didn't really move forward and... Um, Maybe you sent them a proposal. They've got a proposal on hand. Maybe the next step email was already sent. They, you discussed that. They were all excited, everything. And then all of a sudden it was like, wah, wah. They just stopped communicating. So here's a very precise email that Blair is suggesting you send. And this is precise, like, um, content, too. So you you your would, pen. I did drop my pen and I stopped <laughs> to go get it because I just couldn't even. So he says, um, this is what you would write in the subject line. Um, you would just write anything <clears throat> to catch their eye. Right. So cleaning out my pipeline or haven't heard from you or um, um, I, just anything to get them to be like, what? Normally for me, it would be like, did zombies attack? I was going to say, your zombie email tends to work 100% yep. of the time, it's it? has like hundred all the time. It has a 100% sex, success rate. <laughs> it has a 100% success rate, and I am not ashamed to share that. <laughs> so my tagline would be, did zombies attack? Um, my email, I guess, subject line. And then this is what you would say. You would say, I, you know, so-and-so prospect, I haven't heard back from you, so I am going to assume either you've gone in a different direction or your priorities have changed. Let me know if we can be of any assistance in the future. Regards. Ooh, I like that because when you say I like that your priorities have changed, not really accusation, but like assumption. Because Mm -hmm. that kind of puts it back on them to say, oh, well, no, my priorities didn't change. Therefore, why am I not? 
connecting. Like <laughs> it's kind of a nice way of giving them an out, but also reminding them that they at one time thought this project was important. Correct. I like and that. A it lot. takes the pressure off of them if it is a no and if it is a yeah, that's right, we're not gonna work with you. It's very much a because your last sentence there, let me know if we can be of any assistance in the future. You've already basically said, in my mind, I figured you're gone. So you mm-hmm. need to prove me wrong in that factor. If you're not yeah. gone and if you still want to work with me, feel free by all means, contact me. But in my mind, I'm letting you go. Yeah. I like that. So there's it's not that. mean. It's very polite. It's very nice. Yeah. Very professional, to the point, and it gets someone to think, oh, whoops, I didn't communicate with them and I meant to, or whoops, we're already halfway through our project with someone else, so I probably should have told them. Like, whatever <laughs> yeah. it may be, but it, it not takes... Not that that ever happens. <laughs> no, never. But it takes the stress off of two people. One, the salesperson, because now you can just stop thinking about that stale lead, and two, the lead, the person that may have to either say, yeah, we went in a different direction, or oops, I totally forgot about this. Yes, this is a priority for me again. So there's that. Now, in regards to the lead that maybe not necessarily made it to the proposal stage or made it to gaining any more traction with you, just kind of was in um, early communication stages but didn't really take it to the next level, this is what you would say. So you would start off, again, same thing. Mine would be, did zombies attack? And then it would, um, you would start out by saying, I'm cleaning out my inbox, and I realized I haven't heard back from you about this. So I'm going to assume either you've gone in a direction, a different direction or your, your priorities have changed. Let me know if we can be of any assistance in the future. So you finish it the same way you did the first one, but you start out by telling them, hey, I'm cleaning out my inbox, and basically you haven't replied to my email. So <clears throat> I'm going to assume your priorities have changed or you're going in a different direction. Now, do you do that... Like the first time they stop responding or do you do a couple of follow-ups and say, oh, hey, I wanted to, you know, follow up on this. Uh, do you follow up a couple of times just to give them a chance and then do this? Yeah. So that's a really good point. Blair did talk about that. There is a world where you do have to follow up. I mean, it's it's inevitable. People get busy. People forget about things. So, yes, you want to do the polite Typical follow-up first. Yeah, I want to give them a chance first. I wouldn't yes. just, like, accuse them right away of, like, no, no, no. going dark. No, you know? this is not something you send if, like, you emailed someone on a Wednesday and it's Friday and they haven't responded yeah. to you. <laughs> Don't email them this. It's fine. But you email them this if it's been a month or two. And it was a question that you had sent in an email that should have had a quick response. And you maybe sent a couple of follow-ups just to prompt them. And yes. then they still don't respond. And then they still okay. not responding. So this is after a couple of prompts to, to um, have them respond. Again, these are the people that have not really received a proposal. You're still in communication with them. You were still kind of in discovery and assessment stages with them. Um, and so there were questions that you had sent via email that haven't been answered. And then, of course, follow-ups that have not been responded to. That's when you send this. I'm cleaning out my inbox. Gotcha. Makes mm-hmm. sense. I like that. Yeah. So, and this is um, it. I I have sent a few of these out. I haven't gotten responses yet, so that may be an indication. But <laughs> um, but the thing, the point that Blair was making is a lot of times as sales professionals, we stress ourselves out with these leads that sit in our pipeline, and they give us. Okay, I'll speak for myself. They give me anxiety because I look at them and I'm like, that was supposed to close a month ago. Why isn't it closed? What is happening? I've been talking to this person for four months. What is going on? And it just gives me the relief of saying, all right, I've done my last attempt to reach out. I'm just going to leave them alone from here on out. And the ball is in their court to do anything they'd like to do 
with our relationship and our communication. And then on the flip side, it gives that prospect and that lead the ability to walk away or to say, oh, shoot, I'm sorry. Yes, let's revisit conversation. Nice. Makes sense. Anything else to add to that? No, I like that. I want to stress I like the um, giving people a chance is important. I think sometimes these sales tactics are, you know, a little too aggressive and they say, well, as soon as someone stops responding, you, you know, call them out. And, no, you know, right. I like being, you know, some people just get busy. I've had so many occasions where people say, you know, oh, I'm so, you know, six months later, they'll even say, oh, I'm sorry, I got called away to I had a conference, I had something else happen, something right. major just distracted me, I just couldn't even, and then they come back and they say, we'd still, we'd love to actually get serious about working with you now. And so, you know, sometimes stuff just comes up and you don't take it personally. People just get busy and things happen that you aren't aware of. So I like the idea of extending a little bit of courtesy and, you know, doing some basic follow-ups, say, hey, I'm just kind of, you know, pinging you again, making sure everything's okay, or I'm just following up on this, or... Mm-hmm. The favorite one I use is um, just following up in case this got buried, because that just says, you know, hey, I understand your inbox is probably crazy like mine, and uh, but then at some point you're right, you do have to you have to kind of make a decision. So mm-hmm. I like the the compassionate factor of it, and then also the the firm, hey, here's what I'm doing factor of it. So right, because do you get busy? <clears throat> oh yeah, all the time. Right, so <laughs> no, we should never. understand plenty of free time. Exactly. So when we start to not understand that other people are busy, then we need to take a step back and realize we're busy, and yeah, that exactly. happens to us. We're not perfect. I don't respond to emails when I probably should um, all the time, but you got to make it. You do have to get it out and out of your head so you can move on. Agreed. Good stuff. Ta-da! Very useful to all of our uh, sales professionals listening today, I Hopefully think. Hopefully so. they're all listening. Thanks, Abby. You're welcome. And marketing people who and mar- work with their sales professionals because marketing and sales integration, I mean, everyone's doing it, right? <laughs> all right, moving on. Crickets. <laughs> they will be so after this year. I have an app I found recently <gasps> that I was going to shout out today. Oh. Do you mind? Yeah, no. So every, uh, not every week, but sometimes we try and do a review on an app or a service or a tool. Or a book. Or a book, sometimes. And last week, of course, we had a fun oh, review on... Uh, oh, by the way, side note, uh, since last week we did talk about uh, Disrupted by Dan Lyons, um, I've had a ton of... I posted the article on LinkedIn, the same one I posted on a spin, on the SpinWeb blog. Mm-hmm. And on LinkedIn, I got a ton of, uh, well, a ton being like seven. <laughs> I got like seven comments, and every single comment was in support of HubSpot. That's crazy. And at least two or three people said, hey, I wasn't even you know thinking much about HubSpot, but now I'm going to go open a trial and talk to them. And someone else even said, I've been on the fence for a year about pulling the trigger on HubSpot. I'm going to go ahead and sign up for HubSpot. So oh my land. one little example here of this whole fiasco and maybe in part the article that I published or maybe just the whole fiasco in general I think the fiasco is with help, your article is helping HubSpot mm-hmm. because people are paying attention and looking at them mm-hmm. even more so thanks Dan was, for I helping know. HubSpot <laughs> I was going to say I don't think that was his intention but oops so there you go so if you haven't listened to last week's episode go check it out it's a good discussion mm-hmm. uh, on the book Disrupted by Dan Lyons which is a a uh, a shocking expose of HubSpot. <laughs> it was a little shocking. Yeah. That's okay. But so, you've got this app. I have an app I found. It's called, let me see if I can get it right. Called Oribi, I think. Should we ask Siri how to say it? It is O-R-I-B-I. Hmm. And it does one thing. And that one thing is actually pretty cool. It has one job. It has one job. Oh, well. It connects to your Facebook account and your Facebook pages, and it gives you really nice analytics on your Facebook stuff. So uh, Facebook does give you analytics built in, but they're not always easy to, like, sort and report on and get visual stuff and segments. So 
Oribi, uh, it appears to be free, at least right now. It links up to your Facebook profile, and you can pick your page to analyze, and it will give you things like, uh, show me my most, um, uh, my best performing ads by placement, by creative, like by image, uh, by time of day, by oh. geography, by audience. So, for example, if I click on by time, it <laughs> says here, okay, here's an ad I'm running, and I got a 0.95% uh, click-through rate in the morning, a 1.12 click-through rate in the afternoon, 1.32 click-through rate in the evening, and 1.03 at night. So this is telling me that evening appears to be the best time to be running these campaigns. So that might tell me to change my window of time to run at certain times as well. And, by again, you can get the same information from Facebook, but Oribi puts it in a really nice, easy-to-digest dashboard view, which has some value. So I like it. It's at Oribi uh, – I'm sorry. It's O-R-I-B-I dot I-O because mm-hmm. dot I-O is the new fancy ex- suffix for tools, right? Is that really – is that true? Yeah. Dot I-O is like the fancy new – like if you have an app, it's dot I-O. What's I-O <laughs> That's stand your website. For? I don't know. What is dot I-O? I'm going to Google it. Dot I-O extension. We're waiting, waiting patiently for Wikipedia. Okay, here we go. Wikipedia says it is assigned to British Indian Ocean Territory. Ah. So it's the country suffix for British Indian Ocean Territory. And the article below my Google says, why are startups turning to .io? Let me check that out. Why look at, are they? Look at us be so organic Look at us going off at a tangent here. So why are startups turning to .io? I has become one of the hottest domain name extension for startups. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Why is that? They can get a shorter, more memorable name. Oh. has great availability because it's new. So .coms are all taken, but .io oh. uh, can be a better option because it's short. It's available. You can get a you know, short name for .io. Huh. Um, interesting. That is interesting. All right. So there you go. .io is the new cool startup app extension. And in case anyone was curious, Oribi is actually a small African antelope with spike-like horns. Oh, yeah. They have like a whole African theme going on mm-hmm. on the Oribi website. So it's kind of – it says like Hakuna Makata on the Hakuna website. Matata. <laughs> Did you say Makata? Matata. Yeah. I meant okay. to say Matata. Uh-huh. So anyway. You need to watch Lion King again <laughs> with Eli and then put I'm him up. I'm sure that will happen at some point. I'm going to get you all the Disney movies. <laughs> all of them. So check it out. It's a cool little tool. I like it so far. Perfect. So there you go. This is actually kind of cool. It's going to be helpful. So we are going to Partner Day. We are going to Partner Day. So some random and what's going on at SpinWeb is Michael and I will be traveling to Boston. So the hashtag traveling with Abby will be available again. It's going to happen, you guys. I will lightly pack this time. Promise. I don't believe a word of it. We're only there for two days. I don't believe a word of it. I'm containing myself. I just ordered a bunch of really cool clothes online. Okay, like four shirts, <laughs> and I'm taking all of them. So I didn't buy a single new thing for Partner Day, so I'll well, be wearing whatever shirts just, I. It wasn't just for Partner wear. Day. I was I was looking at my wardrobe and was oh just in general sad about it, and so I told my husband thanks, Happy Mother's Day to me, and um, bought myself some clothes. Fair enough. So, anyways, but we will be traveling to Boston uh, May seventeenth and eighteenth, right? Well, technically mm-hmm. we leave sixteenth yeah. in the evening. We'll be there Wednesday, Thursday come back Thursday evening. Um, I guess it's important to, to note this because if there is anything, any question, any curiosity you may have with HubSpot, uh, we're going to be there at, you know, representing the partners um, uh, uh, that are with HubSpot, which is a growing number. But we get some inside look at things. And if there are things that you want us to ask about or bring up to them, as far as maybe something you feel like they need to create or fix or do better, we're more than happy to drop those uh, comment cards, if you will, 
with the people that we know there. And so we should actually make little comment cards and bring them to partner. Day. We should. <laughs> we should like write things on a comment card actually, and say, "Here's what our clients are saying." Are saying right? And so this is what this is actually exactly why I put this on there is because I feel that we could actually open the doors. And be that middleman for some of our clients or those who are thinking about HubSpot on the fence about HubSpot to ask specific questions, find out if there's maybe software that does X that's coming or whatever, um, and give us your ideas and we'll take it to them for you. There you go. Some we'll other random. Other random? Michael now has a one-year-old. <laughs> it's true. So hashtag Eli one-year-old. He's almost Thomas. walking. He took a few steps already. He is. So we're very excited so about that. freaking adorable. <laughs> So if you follow me on Instagram, all you're going to see is pictures of Eli. Just a warning. Which is fine by me. So totally fine. My Instagram has turned into nothing but pictures of Eli. But you now have essentially, you are now entering the toddler years. What is the definition of a toddler? I don't know. I always wonder, Let's like, is it a out. certain age? Is it when they start walking? Like, what, what does that mean? Like, what, what is, is a toddler? Definition of a toddler, a small human who screams at you and demands things. Well, but that could be even younger oh, than. It's a young child who is just beginning to walk. Okay, there you go. You have a toddler. Okay, so it's because he's like unstable, kind of toddling. Is that like mm-hmm. where it came from? The term toddler comes from the way that children first walk, which is at first unsteady and more like a toddle than an actual walk. What's a toddle? An unstable walk. <laughs> This is a recursive explanation. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's a, t- a child between the ages of one and three. So there you go. <laughs> You're now a toddler. Parent, parent of a toddler. Uh, okay. All the toddler so I'm now talks. now a parent of a toddler. Yep. All right. Don't read any of those mommy blogs. Oh, yeah. Those mommy blogs. Oh, don't They're going to tell you that toddlers are evil, which They're... they can be, but I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Toddlers are awesome. They're fun, and I'm excited to, to see Eli walk. He's fun. Because walking kids is like... Pregnant women. We, we walk like penguins. And I can say that because I have done that three times. You're welcome. Fair enough. You've got some weekly inspiration? Um, I do have some weekly inspiration. Ta-da! Where is my... It's from John Maxwell. Oh, I my, like John Maxwell. I like John I like Maxwell. John Maxwell. Really. Maxwell. Smart guy. So he is a smart guy. My weekly inspiration today is... Uh, whoops, that's yours. Let me look at mine. No, you're... Yeah, look oh, at yours. Sorry, I'm looking at yours. It's right above. Your dreams don't work unless you do. So uh, I like that one, especially because it's very easy to sit around and dream about things and to think about things and to Mm -hmm. think, oh, well, I've got these big dreams, but who makes it happen? You do. You do. You have to make it happen. You have to go to work. You have to, and by go to work, I don't necessarily always go to the office, but like you have to get to work. You have to hustle. You have to make it happen. You have to put effort and sweat in and sometimes a lot, a lot of patience. But if you have dreams, get to work and make them happen. It's up to you. And mine comes from an unknown source, but it is, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. So it kind of goes along with yours because I think that our dreams can sometimes feel like challenges, but it's going to change you for the good or for the better or for the worse, whatever. By unknown. By unknown. But it's going to be a challenge. So get out there and find a challenge this weekend. Enjoy the weather wherever it is you are. So we will stop complaining about that. And as always, give someone someone a a high five. five. (laughs) How did I know? I don't know. How did I know you were going to say that? You know, it's just been a little just, while since we've been doing this. It's just a little while, yeah. Just a couple episodes. Thanks, guys. See you next time.